welcome to Repeatable, the podcast, where we check out something old and decide if it's worth coming back to. I'm your host, Seth Wilkes. I'm Matt LeBlanc. Hey, Matt. How have you been? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been it's been a, a little bit where uh, we missed last week. Uh, no idea when this one's coming out, so I, f- I feel like with the the technical difficulties, uh, we're we're uh, a little bit off today. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a while. It feel does it feel weird not watching X Men every week? It does. I caught myself wanting to check it out, but uh, I, I I've I've held off. So likewise, How about you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't been watching it just because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a break. I, I, if we're taking a break, Matt, what are we, what are we doing today? We're, we're gonna be nerds and talk about reading. <laughs> I, I saw your Facebook post that you uh, were bragging about how many books you've read this year. Yes, I'm, I'm very happy with the amount of books that I've read. Um, I finally, I read World War Hulk. Mm-hmm. And we were talking yeah. about Planet Hulk. I read uh, World War Hulk, and it just feels like the entire comic book is just a crescendo of what Planet Hulk is. It feels like you know the movie builds to a big climax. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like uh, World War Hulk is just a very long climax to what Planet Hulk was. I read World War Hulk uh, in a day. Did I just sat yeah. down and just read it? not a whole lot of nuance to it. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of just smashy, smashy. There's a lot of smashy, smashy. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know this, but Hulk smash. He does, and he <laughs> smash a lot. Well, and you know, uh, we're talking about someone who has no powers today, but still has the same first name, so uh, Bruce Wayne. I sense you trying to get us on a topic, and I'm I'm shutting you down. <laughs> Uh, but yes, we are talking about Batman today. We're talking about a uh, an old comic, Batman Hush, um, which Hush. if any if anybody's familiar with comics uh, in uh, in recent years, actually, I, I keep saying recent years, but uh, it's it's really a long time ago <laughs> nowadays. It feels like it was came out like five years ago, but it actually came out in like. 2002 so it's batman hush it's been out for 20 years yeah, 20 now. years yeah so uh we're gonna talk about that uh anybody that is new joining us that just found us because batman is quite a, a popular character people enjoy reading it we uh is a podcast where we just take something that uh usually we've read a while ago and i know for me i have read this i read it when it was coming out and uh, it was, like, one of the, the best things ever. Like, I really enjoyed this comic run. Um, and same for you, I believe. I didn't actually read it as it was coming out. There's actually, it wasn't until I was, like, in my, uh, like, mid-20s that I really started to uh, first pick up comic books. It wasn't until, like, my 30s that I really got hardcore into full reading comic books so i i got i had it all together i didn't have the uh i'm not sure if it's the privilege or the um the anxiety of having to wait week by week oh yeah well, or month oh, by month i should month say month by month yeah month by month yeah you have a definite a tv show mentality yeah month month by month uh yeah well i i read it as it was coming out i have very few things where i actually have done that i'm usually very behind on uh on media by like several years but yeah I, I i read this as it was coming out i actually was away in school and my mom would uh send me a package every month <laughs> i i laugh nice. at my then 50 year old mother having to go into a comic store and uh, get my like i had i had a pull box which is where comic stores will like uh every month they'll they'll take whatever you list you give them and they'll they'll put that those books aside for you so you just go in and and, and pull the comics you want so I, I laugh at the idea of my 50 year old mother having to go <laughs> into a comic book store every month to to get the package the, the clerk's probably like man she really loves this batman run eh? <laughs> yeah so i i read it as it was coming out and and thoroughly enjoyed it it was a marriage of two of the greats uh jim lee who's like art is he's he's like the uh uh I don't know, a big name actor, the Brad Pitt of the the comic book illustration world. 
and uh, Jeff Loeb is how I pronounce his name. He's the uh, I don't know the J.D. Salinger of the comic book <laughs> world, the 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 Great Gatsby of the comic book world. Well, when I uh, was reading it, uh, when I first started getting the comic books, uh, I, I was just I liked Batman as a character. Obviously, like I enjoyed, like thoroughly enjoyed all the movies and stuff like that. So Batman was really my a breaking in point. So I did like the research of like, okay, well, what comic books should you be reading if you're a Batman fan, etc. Um, I, I started off with the, like the, the classics that you would hear, the Frank Millers, the, the year one, the Batman, the Dark Knight Returns, stuff like that, right? And then I remember, um, seeing just hush and seeing like some of the artwork and just being like so blown away by just how it looked. And it was a more, at the time, a more modern story. Uh, and I decided to, to dive in and, uh, give it a chance. And I, I just remember, I've said it before in our previous chats. To me, it was a, uh, a perfect popcorn comic book. It was like you could go sit down, read an issue, and it was just like a high octane TV drama, like a 30 minute in and out, but every second of it is used for a good, uh, storytelling within the, the constraints of the issue. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that, and uh, I'm trying to decide which of us should give the summary of the story. Would you like to, or do you want me to give the summary of the story? Yeah, you, you can, because I, I don't even know how to... We Maybe we can both... I'll pitch in if I hear anything there, but uh, yeah, so okay. it's hard. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it was a 13-issue run, so it went over a year. Um, Batman is uh, being plagued by a, a, a shadowy figure in the background who's controlling all of his uh his rogues gallery all the villains and uh attacking him on different fronts and uh there's romance there's uh there's fighting there's uh just everybody's coming back uh it's like it's like the uh high school reunion of the comic world so all of the villains are coming in and uh there's uh there's surprise and intrigue and uh, yeah it, Fun was had by all. I thoroughly enjoyed this at the time that I was reading it. Yeah, no, that that was a good. Uh, without getting into like all like the the twists and turns, that was a, a very good synopsis of what happened. Mm-hmm. But from here on out, we will be getting into the twists and turns. So if <laughs> if you haven't read uh, Batman Hush, uh, I'd say turn turn the podcast off now and go give it a read, and uh, then you can come back and listen to us because there, yeah, it's uh. It's it's a good run. Um, or, or well, well, we'll get into the meat of that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I I have some thoughts, but um, at the time that I was reading it, I definitely loved this. So you should give it a try too. Well, I th- I'll start off. I think there was one thing that you can't deny that you and me will have to agree with. Cause I think there will be some stuff we might uh, differ on as we go on. But one thing uh, I think that is universal is just what we mentioned even uh, previously. The artwork is incredible. Like it is just vibrant. It pops off the screen, off the page. Like it's, I love how bright it is, how detailed it is. Like it's when you're reading it, it's just, it, to me, it's just like the, the art is just, Amazing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, no, we're not going to agree on right <laughs> that here. No. <laughs> I I enjoy Jim Lee. I I enjoy his artwork. He has uh, there's a lot of things that he does really well. Uh, I've actually heard him. Uh, what, what am I saying? I've heard him compared to Zack Snyder in my own head. I've never heard him compared to <laughs> Zack Snyder. What I'm trying to say is I think of him as kind of a Zack Snyder type character, or not character, creator. Um, and as you know, Zack Snyder, the, the creator of, uh, or worked on Watchmen, the movie adaptation and 300 and all that. I heard a YouTube video, which, really summarize Zack Snyder's style, which is um, he really does moments, not scenes. So the idea that instead of it, rather rather than uh, helping the story along by, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Rather than making a scene, he'll have like a, a, a really cool moment where, 
Uh, we don't necessarily get a lot of story, but it looks cool. So, like, the in Superman, um, Man of Steel, you'll have lots of... Uh, you don't get a feel for the characters in the scenes, but you have, like, the the, the typical Superman pose uh, happening where you see all the, the, the muscles and all the fire and explosions and everything, but there's not a lot of meat beyond that. It's kind of like that spectacle, that popcorn-style uh, entertainment that you were talking about. So I think Jim Lee's a lot of the same. His... His artwork is good. I can't. I can't argue that he is top of the, top of his game. But a lot of that detail you were talking about, I feel like there's so much detail, and a lot of it is unnecessary and p- potentially there to hide a lot of flaws, which you know is is fine. Uh, that's that's just his thing. Um, it's it can be over busy and kind of confusing, but I. I'm coming more from the artist standpoint, so I don't know how universal my opinion is going to be. I feel like it's from of uh, for this section of the two of us, the majority of people listening in will probably agree with you. Jim Lee is you know, a really phenomenal artist. I just it's uh, that's not it's not the slam dunk for me. Well, like I said, it's uh, when I say it's like a popcorn uh, kind of uh, comic, I feel like the graphics give it that like blockbuster feel. Like I feel like it's just like the explosions are more, and I I love the color palette in it. I like that it's not necessarily everything is like uh black and dark and red and white and black, and that's like it, it, like there's there's a good like vibrancy there to the scenes, right? I like I like the color choices that are made, and again the the details to me were just uh incredible and that that's what got me to give the book a try and i uh yeah to me i just i i just i would cut myself rereading this uh in anticipation for this podcast just still being stunned at just how uh breathtaking some of the artwork was yeah i think some of the things that it's the issues another bit of the issues that i have with the artwork is that a lot of the world doesn't feel real it feels too sci-fi too overthought like there's one scene where batman uh is he falls from the roof and like you know hits the ground and he's 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 out and he needs to be brought back to the bat cave Mm -hmm. and he's on a on a a very uncomfortable metal slab with all these doodads and and uh various like shackles and manacles and and just different uh, devices that I don't know what they do. It doesn't look like a ho- comfortable hospital bed that anybody should be in, which is what, you know, you in the Batcave, you could just have a hospital bed. But he just went overboard on drawing this weird, uncomfortable-looking sci-fi thing, which was, uh, like uh, again, uh, just unnecessary detailing and and stuff that, took me out of the the story i'm like what this what what is this thing that he's on yeah but i don't know for me that, that, that didn't really uh bother me as much so i i'm not maybe i like i'm not digging is like deep into the each panel like I, I, you're a very detailed oriented person so maybe that's just uh uh you seeing a lot more into it whereas me is like i'm going through and it's flashing by quickly as i'm going along with the story because like the pages are just turning so quick as i'm going through Right, so yeah. that, that that I might not be uh, lost in some of those details, as, like you may. Yeah, well, that's uh, at the time when I was reading it, I wouldn't have gotten that. It is more uh, recently, like not recently, but I guess within the like having become a, a professional artist because I work in the animation industry, I've actually done a little bit of comic book work, um, like personal stuff. Uh, too. So I, I definitely have a, a feel for the comic book artists. Uh, you know, like a comic book artist will spend like 30 hours on a single panel, and the comic book reader, the average reader, will spend like 10 seconds on it. Maybe it's just a flick through. It's and and that's definitely not how how I read it. So yeah, I I'd agree. I think I'm I'm definitely a different case on. Like in like how I read the comic, 
Um, now, did, did you want like the like me just to touch on like a few of the like some of the scenes that I like in this thing, or like before, or do you want to talk about themes, or how did you want to move forward with this? This is kind of like a big overview of hush. There's a lot of different ways we could go. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a few uh, notes that I'm gonna run through. Like uh, a lot of them are okay. So uh, in case <laughs> anybody hasn't noticed, uh, I loved the comic reading it. Coming back to it. Uh, it, it fell short for me on a lot of fronts and I, I never know whether it's because I'm re, I don't know whether it's because I'm reading it again from, for this podcast, which is why, uh, I picked it up again recently. Um, if I, I feel like I have to be more critical or if it's just that I would have felt that even if I came back to it naturally, but I'm, I'm definitely being more critical with this, um. So I have a few notes on what I want to touch on, but yeah, we can just kind of talk about the comic and go, go through it. Um, well, what are some of the, th- I've said some negative things. What are some of the positive stuff that you found? Well, like uh, there's some scenes in here that I like just mm-hmm. really pop out to me. Like I really like that the, it starts off like you see like Batman's point of view, when he's going oh, sorry. through. Yes, the opening. Yes, I completely agree. The opening, I think, is phenomenal. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, this like you get to see for sort of like Batman, his thinking, his time is ticking, he's trying to do uh stuff, and you see like his hands going and uh uh doing like the punching and the kicking and he's his mindset. I really like that a lot. Um I did, the Superman fight I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh mm-hmm. where they go, he's like you, you can see Batman on the fly uh being strategic and him a thing along the lines of like if clark wanted to kill me he could but uh, mm-hmm. deep down he's a good person and deep down i'm not i like mm-hmm. that a lot right Just showing the difference and they even hinted at that in the first uh, uh thing where batman's saying if if clark was here i bet you he would have uh, found a way to do this charmingly helping this kid with a smile but I'm not him. I'm not the Boy Scout, right? Like, mm-hmm. I like the, I like that kind of stuff. Um, again, this was talk was just a few scenes that I like. Uh, him beating up the Joker is like past images of what the Joker did as he's pushed to the brink. Why, like that was very powerful to me, right? Just because you can see someone who's just been pushed, pushed, pushed to that point, right? And in a moment of uh weakness just being considered consider doing the one thing that you can't do i like that a lot i have a feeling you'll have issues with him wanting to do that but i like that a lot um and then i liked the uh where, where there's one other one in here that i wanted to make note of and i cannot find it now but oh the jason todd i liked when uh jason todd ends up being Clayface. And he's like punching him he's holding jason and jason's melting he's like and he's and he starts talking about like how much like he missed Jason and Jason would have been so good. I, I again, it was, it was a very well, good looking scene. A lot of these scenes are, are very good looking for their panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'd agree with that too. Like the uh, jumping, jumping back to the opening scene. Yeah. I feel like that was, it reminded me a lot of the, uh, the, the Sherlock, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies where he you see inside his head as he's thinking and and breaking down the uh like what the what he uh the the adversary is going to do uh in the I don't have you seen those movies? Have you seen those? Yeah, uh, a, a long time ago. Yeah, it's been a while, but oh, yes. Okay, yeah. So there's there's in that one he he breaks he uh he he looks at the his adversary and he breaks down like oh this guy's got a Batman's doing the same thing. This guy has a, mm. I broke his rib three days ago, and uh, then he uses that against him. So it's kind of like, like those Sherlock movies where you see him, uh, like breaking down analytically how to go about, uh, you know, beating everybody up and, and all that. I, I, I really enjoyed that opening. I felt like it was a strong opening, uh, for the comic. And that's probably a, a lot of the, of what the, people think of when they think of the hush book is that opening sequence all right well Um, let's hear one of your negative things before i go on more of a positive (laughs) uh, to be be fair i have a few uh things here that are negative too where as much as i as as much as i 
love it. There, I can't deny that there's a few times where they jump the shark and the, some of their logic, and I was just like, okay, that's kind of dumb, but okay, yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, well, 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 I'll I'll stop uh, touching on artwork now because I feel like that's a uh, the, the the I've talked enough about that. <laughs> uh, now we can talk about writing issues. Um, that's fun. Um, so yeah. Uh, a lot of this book se- seems like it's uh well tread like especially uh we said that we had comparisons to other comic book runs um that one of which you know long halloween that jeff loeb has done so he seems to really enjoy bringing back a lot of villains cuz that's something he does a lot mm-hmm. um which isn't necessarily a bad thing here but i just noticed lots of uh Issues that brought me out of the story, one of which, and this is comics in general, but so much dialogue and talking during action brings me out of the story. So a lot of like when he's in the middle of punching the Joker, say, like uh, I guess the example that you were bringing up, he's just these long monologues going on and on about his feelings and, and all that and and all that's happening while he's wailing away on the Joker or fighting Superman, I, I feel like there was too much. I would have just enjoyed panels of just the two of them fighting with maybe a little bit of dialogue there. I just felt like it was too much trying to cram story into pages where it should just be action. Well, and uh, like to its credit, uh, I was saying how I went through the... Uh, we were just at the very beginning talking about uh, World War Hulk... They did a very good job of keeping <laughs> the dialogue to a minimum, and whenever the I, the fight scene was, like, I remember I, I went through it so quickly because they used the panels for the action, less talking, right? So, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I I did appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's the thing that uh, Jeff Loeb tries to do is he tries to fit in as much writing as possible and not let the artwork do its thing. Um, he also does a lot, like, something he does is, I feel like there's, there's definitely Watchmen, Alan Moore influences throughout. Just like, he'll often start off the first issue with uh, a line and then have that same line repeated at the very end of the issue. And it's kind of like to, to bring a, th- a theme, a through line through the issue. Yeah, yeah. I can but, see that. But, but it it's often used as kind of like a cheat, as like a crutch, is like, see, I did this thing that Alan Moore does, stuff like that. I did find like, me out. I know you said like there's a lot of like guest appearances and stuff. I really felt like the idea of this book is that it's a Batman love letter. It's using mm-hmm. is you're use the he's using all of Batman's history and all like this like this constant flashbacks to uh Jason Todd dead in Batman's arms uh the very first issue talks about uh Batman year 1 and they 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 just keep re- referencing other Batman classic stories um and bringing in like the full rogue gallery and all this kind of stuff i i feel like the idea behind it was just uh to try to make an ultimate Batman drama that uh up till this point Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I again, I, I haven't read Long Halloween in a while. I feel like that book stands on its own. Yes. Whereas this, like you said, yeah, you kind of have to have been reading Batman for your entire life for a lot of these these things to really have the same resonance. Uh, I feel like that was another note that I made. Like for example, the relationship with Catwoman. Air mm-hmm. quotes, yeah, um, it was rushed, and it was out of it. It it just it opens up with them pretty much uh, the their their second interaction is they 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 kiss and they they're suddenly in a relationship, and there's from our point of view there's nothing before that. So as you said, it's it's a love letter to Batman in general, but then. What are we getting as an audience that are just reading it? I did like, I do, I do agree that it seemed like it was kind of like quick to the gun with, uh, Catwoman. It sort of, it sort of implies that Batman was under a love spell thing with Catwoman, um, in the comics. Cause when the, uh, 
Scarecrow goes to put him under a toxin. He says he was already under a form of whatever control. And then hints out that he believes that him and Catwoman may have been forced to be uh, in love, which could have explained the speedy love thing. But I, I, did, I did like the idea of like him, like the struggle of him revealing himself, the struggle of him opening up and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know what? I, and I'll go into one of my biggest things that I do like about this story is that this is a Batman who is realizing that he is not alone. Where she says, you know, for someone who does, who likes whatever, like you sure have a lot of strings. And it's sort of like Batman realizing, like, I have a lot of people around me who care for me. I'm not, uh, that lone Avenger. Uh, out in the night anymore. I like, he's like, he thinks of like Oracle, Jim Gordon, uh, the, the three, uh, former Robins. Uh, like, like it just really shows like the outbranching of like how he has changed the person and the, and how he has people that he can rely on and stuff. I like mm-hmm. that was, like, I like that as like an overall theme of the character. Like, is like you, uh, most of the Batman stories, most, the best Batman stories have like him being sort of this, like, this lone vigilante, this uh, person who lives in the shadows. And this one was more like, there's more to it than that. He has people in his life. Yeah, I agree. That's the message they kept on saying, but like, okay. Like along that line, they continuously mention how much Batman had like multiple characters mentioned. Like, again, I, I think I'm going back to the relationship with Catwoman, how, uh, he how much he's changed as a result of his relationship with Catwoman. But I'm I, I guess that change is happening in the weeks between issues because we never really see him change in the over the course of the comic. He's he's doing Batman stuff. He does exactly what he always does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we're just listening to people saying, You've changed a lot since you've had this relationship with Catwoman Which I just didn't I didn't I never, I never felt like there was any change happening. Now I will, I'll dip into my negatives a little bit here, so we're fair. Please do. Uh, um, the Riddler, like I know it's supposed to be like a big master plan, but there's a lot of weird loopholes and <laughs> stuff that happens in there. Um, let's start off with the the first stage of his plan was to cut the wire when Batman was swinging, and he was to fall down. Huntress was sent to come in and save him, yeah. right? Yeah. And then he was to alert uh, that he needs uh, Thomas, uh, Tom, Tommy to come and be his surgeon because he has had subliminal messages sent to his brain for the past several weeks of Tommy, of Tommy, right? Yeah. Uh, I understand that, like, I guess if, if that failed and he fell and he died or someone shot him and he died, like, yeah. the, I guess it would still kind of be a win for most people. So maybe they just didn't care if that was the outcome. But like, how, how could you have known that he would have been conscious enough to request a surgeon, right? Like that, yeah. like, like yeah. if he, if he was just unconscious, if he wasn't able to do Morse code with his finger, then they would yeah. have got some other person to do it, right? It's like, I don't, like, it, hap- it happened to work out the way they hoped it would work out, but there's no way that they could have known that it would have worked out in that regard. Uh, yeah, no, I completely, <laughs> I completely and agree. And that's, that's stage the, one. That's really the first part. <laughs> that's the very first part. So it's like that domino. So I guess that's supposed to be, I, I would put that in the category of kind of lazy writing because you're you're looking back on it, you're supposed to be like, oh, well, he's a master tactician. They always come back to like chess, and uh, or I, I don't know if it's actually chess they're playing. What whatever game they're playing when Bruce Bruce and Tommy are playing as kids, it, it's they're constantly talking about how Tommy is a master tactician and and knows Bruce and how he'd react. Um, I, I think that's just again a, a a little bit of that lazy writing where it's we're being told that he's a master tactician, but you're you're right. Any any one of these stages, like maybe Batman just a, after years of doing this, <laughs> if his line was cut while he was um, swinging through the city, would hopefully have been able to get out of it just fine. So 
which I would think he would. So I thought that was weird that he he fell um, doing his little Spider-Man thing. But yeah, just any one stage doesn't go the way you want. The whole operation kind of just falls apart. Now the I'll stick I'll stick on the Riddler's plan for a little while here because <laughs> there's a few anyway. notes here. Um, okay, let, let me just like yes, you can go ahead. But I also want to just say, have both of us just read this, right? Yeah, I'm still hazy on how much of this is Hush and how much of this is Riddler and who did what. And yeah, even though I just read it, I I, I cannot tell you. St- I can't tell you exactly if you if we had to ask me point blank who did what I have no idea and I just finished reading this comic. Well, I, 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 I said I said I put in the uh, like in the my positive thing is that I did enjoy the fact that the the Riddler got a little bit of a payoff in the fact that he was like sort of looked at as like a smart person figured out Bruce Wayne's identity sort of like playing pawns and stuff like that, but like. The plan is very flawed when you look into it, so it kind of just <laughs> takes away from that. Um, so, like, like one of the part of the plan again, we're probably going to talk about a few things here. Uh, the Riddler, like, he uses uh, I, I'll say Raz Al Ghul. I know the people say Raz Al Ghul in different versions. I've always said Raz, and I don't, if it's wrong, I'm just gonna. I know I'm going to keep saying it, so I'll just say it like that now. Um, I say Raz. Go yeah. for it. So he he like the u- character from Frasier. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> He uh he uses um the uh the pit to rejuvenate himself because he finds out that he has uh cancer and uh, he knows that Roz is going to be searching for him, so he needs someone to get get off the trail. But why would your I don't understand why your plan to get away from Roz would involve you going to jail. I don't like as he went he stole the truck. He was went and walked in the back so people could see the that someone had used that like the the pit in the background so Batman would go to Ra's al Ghul and hopefully deal with the situation that happened there and kill Ra so that he wouldn't have to so that Ra's would not be uh tackling and taking care of the Riddler. But why did you have to go to jail for that? Right? Like why could you not have been at a scene and move stuff around and him be like, Oh, someone was here who used the pit and but I don't I just don't understand in, in the genius plan of it all, like why would you do a brazen bank robbery that would most certainly end up with you being behind bars if you're the mastermind behind it all. Yeah. Do you like, like, does that like, is there, is there some, a, a leap of logic that I'm missing here that he had to be in jail that I'm, I, I don't see? No, I, I'm telling you honestly, I, I am so very hazy on why Riddler <laughs> is in this comic. Like, at all. I, I'm very, I'm, I'm still confused. <laughs> what, like, it seemed very tacked on. Like, all, like, all of a sudden, the, like, they're at the end of the comic and they realize, oh wait, you know what? This villain r- reveal wasn't good enough. We need another villain reveal. Cause that's another thing that we need to talk about too, is the, the hush reveal. Uh, a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? Like, I would not have minded the heavy handing, the heavy handed foreshadowing of who Hush was if it didn't end up being him, right? Yeah. If it ended up being someone else and it was purposely put there to lead you off the path, I wouldn't have minded as much. But they just, like, they give you real big hints, like, throughout most of the issues. Yeah. Right? That, we're <laughs> we're going to talk about the comic, uh, the movie later on. Yeah. Um, Not right now. I won't bring it up. But, yeah, that the movie, uh, let's just say I have thoughts uh, from the movie based <laughs> on, uh, that, uh, that address that, what you're just saying now. Um, yeah, it's... I, I'm looking at one of the p- very first pictures of Tommy. He's just uh, successfully had a sur- done the surgery on Bruce Wayne. He's fine. He's talking to the press. 
Why the press is at the, at the outside of an emergency room entrance, I, I just waiting for him to come out. I don't know, but he talks to the press, says he's fine. Mr. Wayne, uh, well, I don't think he's ever going to play the violin again, which is a, a, a line that the character in this comic says, which is just ridiculous that that is actually a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the dialogue in this I have a big problem with. But he says, well, I don't know if Mr. Wayne will ever play the violin again, but I think it's safe to say... And then there's a newspaper headline behind him, Wayne out of danger. But just the image of yeah. his face, he's so, he looks so evil. Yeah, so is, if I, I don't have the comic in front of me, but if I remember correctly, he's like, he's almost like looking down with like half of it shadowed and stuff like that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And he's like, uh, his brow is furrowed and he just, it's the most evil villain facial expression you've ever seen. Um, and it, yeah, so yeah, he's, the 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 trope in again comics i guess uh in general anything where it's like a serialized fiction if there's a new character introduced they're probably going to be the villain um and that is exactly what happens here um we mentioned that we had a bunch of uh, some other comics that we had comparisons to. You've compared this to Long Halloween. I actually compare this to uh, Court of Owls, uh, the Scott Snyder run. You, you mm-hmm. you've read that, right? Yeah, yep. yep. So I, I I feel like it. This and Scott Snyder's uh, the Court of Owls are very similar comics. One from my memory because I haven't read it in a few years. But Court yes. of Owls, I feel like, is really good, like a su- far superior to this. Having read this, and, oh yeah, exact, yeah, but it does the I, exact same thing. It's like the the new character turns out to be the villain. Uh, spoilers for Court of Owls, by the way. Uh, the the new character introduced turns out to be the villain, and he's been working behind the scenes, and he actually. It, it it's very similar. They actually have all the villains coming back throughout the course of that comic, and yeah, it's uh, a very similar storyline. The, the family, the idea of family, and uh, the different characters, how Batman's not alone, and all that. But it's just done a lot better. And I need to go back and read it to figure out why that is. Well, and I will say this: like I said, as much as I'll advocate for Hush and stuff like that, I will say I like Hush a lot. But it's like, I love the movie, um, like, what's, what's a good example here? Um, I love the movie, The Naked Gun. <laughs> right? It is good a, it's, yeah. a it's a, it's a silly movie, whatever like that. Now, would I say that I, uh, I also love The Godfather. They're both technically films, Right, but they're both very mm-hmm. different <laughs> in the way of how you appreciate them. And I can, and like, if I look back, I have to be in a mindset to understand stuff for the Naked Gun, as I would have to be to watch uh, The Godfather. And I feel like, for example, like if I read The Long Halloween, it's much more structurally and like story wise put together, and like. Mm-hmm. There, there is a little bit of convolution at the end with who did what, killing where and whatnot in the Long Halloween, whether it was the son or the wife or Harvey in parts. Um, mm-hmm. But like for the most part, I said it's a pretty good, uh, comprehensive story. Whereas this one, I have to go into the mindset with some forgiveness in mind, right? Yeah, <laughs> to appreciate. Well, it. this is this is like we're looking at it as a, as a like essentially as a novel, as a standalone piece of work. But mm. it really it, it was a it was over a year long serialized fiction it came coming out month to month. So in in some senses, we're reading it. Uh, not in the way in which it was intended. Uh, it, it was meant to come out month by month, which is why, like, um, each issue has a specific villain. There's no like, bleed over. It has its own. Each chapter, if you will, is like a has a beginning, middle, and an end because that's what needed to happen. Whereas for a completed work, it should all just bleed in to itself. Uh, 
so in, in some ways we're being a little bit unfair. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're uh, talk, I or for me for sure talking about as if it's something that it's not, but. I just feel like there are other things that do this more successfully, even yes. in, within that uh, serialized fiction. Oh, for sure. Um, and, yeah. Do, do, now, do you want me to tell you the thing that I like least about Batman Hush? My biggest issue with Batman Hush is that Batman is the world's greatest detective, mm-hmm. right? He is a brilliant detective. He can sense all this stuff. He solves riddles. He does all this stuff. He is just a brilliant mind. And he could not tell that dead Tommy was made of clay. Not like when they when he first showed up. First of all, it's raining when he's there holding Tommy, which later on when he's fighting uh, Clayface, the rain makes him wet uh, melt. Ignore that. Uh, But then they shows like a scene where he's looking at like a, a a projection of like the autopsy showing where like the bullet and stuff went. I'm like, can Clayface make organs? Like, can he, like, I don't, like, I, can he, like, make something so that people can dissect him internally without him having to move? And, like, did yeah. he just have to, like, motionless for the funeral and stay in the coffin and do, like, it's just, it, it was such a huge leap, right? Like, I'm like, how could you not tell that this was not Tommy? It was, like, there's, there's so many red flags that should have come up, that should have come up that said, like, hey, this is Clayface here. And it's just, like, it was solely ignored yeah. for the reader to be put off the path. Like, there's so many different ways that I think you could have taken the story. A, you could have completely gotten rid of Riddler and yeah. had Tommy be the one to use the, uh like, just have it orchestrated that he's the one that uses the Lazarus pit. And then you've go, he, so he dies for real, and then you can at the end, you can be like, "Wow, this guy's really committed. He took a bullet for real, having a ra- knowing that he'd be a- have arranged to to use Lazarus Pit and all that." And I think that would have been a- an interesting way to take it. Yeah, well, and uh, I said like the soul, like because it could have happened where uh, Tommy gets shot and then he falls off a bridge. But like the-, the whole point was, you needed to have a body and you needed to have something not for Batman to mourn, but for the audience to think. Oh, it's not him. It's not Tommy yeah. because he's dead. Batman has seen the body. Batman has uh, has a, a video thing of him where he's looking at his organs right now. It is not him. The whole point mm-hmm. of it was to fool us. Yeah. At, but at the cost of logic, right? Which is which. Uh, that's my biggest. That's my biggest pet peeve with that is that like how yeah. this was well, not something. Yeah, and I think that you're. I I think what we're coming down to is that this story arc has great moments mm-hmm. as as i said earlier it's got great moments but when you try and put it together as a cohesive story that's when it begins to fall apart so you know that that was tommy dies in like what issue six and by the time this Clayface stuff happens that's like issue 10 12 13 the months have gone by nobody's gonna remember that so I, th- I think a lot of this is is just based on like what what do I need to tell in this moment to get this story rolling. So I, yeah. I, I have it. I have it hard. I find it hard to believe that this story was that it was actually written beforehand. It really does feel like it was kind of written. It feels like it was written month to month. Yes, it does. It does. Ex- it does. I would have expected it to have that the story to be done, and then they start doing it. Then I the idea of the story. I love the idea of the story that Batman's rogue gallery is working collaboratively collaboratively together to try to not just take him down, but just to like take him down where it hurts, right? Like like the idea of everyone working together, um, like with like being like under one umbrella for once making Batman go a little crazy because he can't figure it out. I like that. I like the idea of that. And I think that's, mm. and again, I think that's what the big thing is. But that's why I call it a popcorn 
thing is that there's a lot of like action movies that I like that will have dumb moments, leaps of logic, stuff like that. But man, it looks good and it's fun. And I like what they were trying to do. Right. I love, uh, there's a movie called dread, uh, the judge dread, uh, not with, uh, Sylvester Stallone It's just called dread. And the whole entire plot of that movie is dread. He has his helmet on the entire time. He goes up a series of floors and he kills bad guys. And it is fantastic. You don't need any more than that. It is just yeah, great. I need, I need to see that. I've, I've, I've heard of that one. I, I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, like I said, like, it's no, it's like, that's all it is. is there's not a lot of, uh, like, a story to it in a sense, but like, you just get wrapped in and enjoy it. I feel like that's what this is to me is like, Hush is something that I can look past the flaws for all the good that comes from it like a a good action flick i did not like uh for to finish off my i don't like list i thought harvey dent's face turn was weird like it all says like hey jimbo i'm back being a good guy now oh yeah and i'm a a big joker jokey kind of guy and we're we're buddies and yeah it just yeah go ahead yeah like and it's it's definitely like it hints at like the way he says Jimbo and talks like that. It's how they interacted for the long Halloween and stuff. That's the idea. It's supposed to be that Harvey Dent is back, right? Mm. But it's just, it's just weird, right? It's just, like it's just, like it like it added nothing to the story. He's only in there briefly at like random moments, and like he almost saves the day, right? Like it's just, ah, I just I didn't like. Well, it, like even it. that I. Also, talk about convoluted storylines. Again, we just read the comic. I can't tell you specifically. Like, I know, like, I guess Tommy operated on him, and and I guess he's the one that fixed him. And I don't know. Th- this brings me to the the last. Like, just like just the ending seemed very rushed, and everything. It's kind of like the writer is like, okay, I make that as I go along, and now I kind of got to wrap it up because DC's going to stop giving me money. So let's get this storyline done. And it it the the whole thing seems like it has like a, a a thought out plan, but it really doesn't come off like it did. Like it it has that thought out plan. I think the overall idea, like the overall thing, is that the Riddler went into the Lazarus pit or whatever it's called. He got cured. It gave him clarity, he says. Mm -hmm. So he found out that Batman was Bruce Wayne. He happened to call and talk to uh, Dr. Elliot, who has a big hate for Bruce Wayne. Apparently he was just telling anyone who would listen about that. (laughs) Right? So, (laughs) And then, uh, so he used that and he went and just kind of discover what each one of the rogue gallery uh, needed or would want and use that to manipulate them to help in this big thing. Tommy Elliott was uh, able to provide the surgery for Harvey Dent and we also be able to provide cash to help with this, this, and this, right? But it's just, but like it, it all is on a crux of like the Riddler, like happening to stumble across Tommy. Right, like it's just like if if that, if that was flushed, like even if that was flushed out more, if there was like uh how like he went to see Tommy Elliot about his uh cancer diagnosis, he was a surgeon for so long, and they kept they, they did like flashbacks of, like him talking to uh Tommy about like uh living in Gotham City and uh how like uh, like oh I know someone there Bruce Wayne and all this kind of stuff, and then he happens to have the clarity and he knows for a fact like it's, it was but it's just like a a, a line in the last thing like just happens like yeah he uh had a real hate for bruce wayne that was it right like it's like Mm -hmm. i don't understand how he gets fully involved in all this it's just he's crucial to it right but it's just it it seems again like it seems like it's a very disconnected thing it seems like the riddler having a plan with everyone else and then hush Like, like i don't know i think it's just and like the part of the plan involved like uh because Two-Face had to dress up like Hush for part of it. Because he was there with the trench coat and his face wrapped up exactly like Hush. And he, yeah. they, they even showed a scene where he like flipped the coin and showed it to the camera, at the uh, the viewer or whatever you want to call it, at the end of a one thing, right? And like being like, oh, 
Hush is Harvey Dent, right? Like it's I don't know. Yeah, and we're so uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh. It, it seems like <laughs> the more you, especially you're talking, but it seems like every little piece you look at it falls more apart. Like the just Tommy Elliot's motivation, just the the pure motivation is he wanted his parents to die in that car crash. Yeah. I guess so he could get money. It just seems like. Uh, it's 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 a villain who's not an antagonist who is just evil for the sake of evil, and and there's no real motivation behind that. Um, and like you said, the the Two Face, like, so he's in on it, but he's also supposed to be. We're supposed to believe that he's, a, or at least we're supposed to question whether he's uh, actually returned to the good side. But at the same time, he's working with the villain. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on that just doesn't work doesn't make sense i feel Um, like again i I feel they did a better job at the finish line of tying it together there's enough stuff in there that it could have been tied together well it just wasn't (laughs) you you have to piece stuff together in your mind they, they do a good job at the finish line uh tying stuff together because there's so many word balloons just explaining exactly what happened because you need to. Like, I'm looking at the last couple pages right now. It's like word balloons everywhere because they're trying to, like, no, this is what this is, and this is why this is, and this is what this is. And Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just flicked by one page. It's like, oh, wow, that's just a lot of word balloons. Yeah. Anyways, I'd like to pivot real quick to talk about the movie, if yes. we could. Uh, so you didn't see the movie, right? I've watched the movie before. I just have, oh, I, haven't, have? I, I haven't watched it recently. I I don't know if standalone I love the movie, but after having read the comic, I love the movie. Because all of <laughs> the nitpicking, all of the issues that we've had with story, they fixed in the movie. And again, it's because it's a different medium. Uh, they actually had to work out the story beforehand, and they actually had to give it a cohesive... Uh, story, but I think every point in the comic that we were like, this doesn't make any sense. This is stupid. They addressed in the, in the movie and fixed and made better. Um, starting with Tommy is a new character who's uh, the red herring and he is actually not hush. Like, at all. He's just yeah. there to make us think he's the villain, and that's what they should have done to begin with. If you're going to make the guy seem evil and seem guilty, then don't make him evil and guilty at the <laughs> yeah. end. Yeah. When when Tom... and, and Well, actually, first, first thing I like is they call a the guy Tom. <laughs> it's not Tom. <laughs> he's a grown man. Call him Tom. He's a, he's a successful surgeon. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's not the bad guy. He's there as a red herring to make us think that... Uh, we know who it is, and uh, it works perfectly. Probably because I, it's it, it it works whether you've read Hush or whether you haven't. Probably everybody was like, "Oh, this guy's got to be the villain." Yeah. I um. So, yes. So go ahead. Yeah. No, I said, and like, and to a point, you know what? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe I've like after we have made these notes, if I watched it again, maybe I would. Uh, see it differently, but like in my mind, the this story is a good. Uh, I I keep coming back to it, and I apologize, but it's a good popcorn flick. I feel if this was just presented on the screen, and it was just big action scenes, and just like this person showing up and all this kind of stuff, I thought it would have been great. I thought it would have been. I would actually. I think part of the reason why I didn't like the film so much is this. That's what I wanted because I read this comic and I'm like, this is the perfect movie mm-hmm. just to watch the movie. And then they changed, it, right? And then they changed like, uh, and like they changed the end. It's like, instead of the Riddler being, uh, someone who was supposed to be, uh, d- portrayed despite the logical leaps as a mastermind, he was more, pers- uh, like it ends up with like, the Riddler having like a kung fu fight with Batman, like it's just what, mm-hmm. right? Like what I'm just like, like it just it just led to uh, a stereotypical third act superhero film where they're literally fighting in an exploding warehouse. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I I think had I, again had I seen this on its own, not in comparison to this, I I probably would have, I, I probably would have thought you know nothing. It was like oh, it's another DC animated movie because I I'm not big on the DC animated movies. They're just they're they're kind of pumping them out. So I probably would have thought differently. But because I'm comparing it and seeing what they've fixed, <laughs> I yeah. I like it a lot more. So I I kind of like that ending too because it's like okay, so. Uh, th- th- at least they're keeping the Lazarus Pit thing going because the whole idea is like Joker had this moment of clarity and Lazarus Pit, you know, when you use it, it kind of drives you insane, but it also gives you a, a that, that clarity and a, a physical um, boost, so you're a lot stronger and it it wears off eventually, but you're it, it kind of heightens everything. So I kind of liked that idea too. Um, but just if, if like just the movie in general, I feel like addressed all of the issues. First of all, the relationship with Catwoman so much better. Like standalone, I can see like okay, yes, they have a history together that we don't see in the movie, but they they actually have like this flirty thing going on between Batman and Catwoman uh, before their that the the kiss that. And now they're in a, a junior high relationship, like in the comic. It actually has, they flesh that out a lot. Um, and what else did I have? Just uh, the uh, Ra's al Ghul thing in the comic, that's not mentioned until issue six or later. I can't remember where, but that's that idea is at least brought in early on in the movie and then it's everything's kind of like tying together uh, and just everything is um, more cohesive I guess you'd say mm. um, and now, so, now, I, now I gotta watch it again because like when I was watching it I was watching it in the mindset of I like hush I wanted to see yeah. Hush on the screen. I wanted to see the action on the screen. I already had to take a downgrade because they can only do so much with visuals. They can't translate the visuals of the comic onto the screen. They have to do what they can. But then all of a sudden, as, I, as I'm watching it and they're actively changing it all, right? I was like more annoyed by it. But in the, in the context of what we talked about, I guess that would be. I, I would, I would be interested in, in hearing your thoughts. So I'd, if, if, please, if you can find the time in your busy fatherhood yeah. schedule, uh, give it another I, watch and I let am, me know. Cause I'm happy that you, that I didn't watch it be building up to this though. Cause I would, I, I'm interested to watch it now because it's just, because I never really sat down and like been like, okay, what are the issues I have with this? I never really like mm-hmm. you sat down I'm like, okay, let's think about this. I, I didn't do that, right? So, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see it now in this mindset. I'm a little bit sad that you won't go into because I went into it figuring Tommy was. I, I I didn't think they'd. First of all, very bold on on DC Animation's part, just completely changing who the end yeah. villain is, who Hush is. Um, I, I went in expecting Tom, Tommy to be the main villain. And I, I was, I was, I was pleased when it turned out that he was not, but, but the, like, like, like you said, maybe that's <laughs> just because I went, I would imagine a lot of people are annoyed, were annoyed at that. And, but because I did this little analytical dissection, uh, I, I, I enjoyed that change immensely. I, I will say that it was, I happened to stay up later one night and I watched the movie and it was like my, uh, my wife, uh, she was doing something else on the computer. So I was watching the movie in the other room and I had a, a few like just like drinks in the evening. It was like a Saturday night. And so I was like, there are a few drinks in whatever that, but yeah, I'll put on this Batman movie for fun. Right. Cause I was like, Oh, it's hush out. And I was like, so okay, it'd be like a fun little thing that I would enjoy. And the amount of anger I felt <laughs> as I was watching it, right. I was, I, my uh, my wife had to be like, "What's wrong?" Because like I out loud just like when they started to, like the ending really started to unravel. I just was like, "What the loudly?" And because <laughs> like, yeah, I because yeah. I was just like, "What is happening?" Right? But again, I, I'm interested to see in the new uh, mindset. 
one last thing. I think we'll, I think I'll end on this, or at least what I have to say about the movie, but movie versus the comic. Why on earth would you put Clayface into a comic and never use Clayface in his actual form? Because that is one of the coolest yeah. villains. So the, in the comic, you could you could be forgiven for going through the entire issue and not realizing Clayface was in there. Sure, they mention it, but thinking back on it, I was like, oh, they didn't do Clayface. Well, I, they did, but it was just like a melting body. It's like, oh, this melt. Oh, that's Clayface. Whereas the movie, they had as every play as every property that has Clayface in it, they ha- had a full out Clayface fight, and I think it's a crime. To not have a Clayface <laughs> fight in anything because it's just a, such a cool villain. Um, so the movie actually utilized Clayface well, whereas the comic is like, you know, for, for the, for the comic, it's like, I'm surprised they didn't because they have these, they, they enjoy the big spectacle, the big action, the big this and that. And then they just miss a trick on having Clayface in, which uh, baffles me. No, I agree. That makes, yeah, I I agree with that it's, it, 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 that is one point. That is one point. I I thought it was weird that they never showed him. Seth, I have one last question for you. Sure. Is Batman Hush the comic run repeatable? Um, my I had prepared to say no outright, but I think. I feel like story-wise, it has a lot to, to to be desired, but in terms of the artwork, which is very uh, in that Zack Snyder way, there, there's a lot of cool stuff. So, yeah, I would say it's repeatable. Uh, I think you can come back to to, to read it um, again and again, or at least revisit parts of it. I would also say it's repeatable. I, it's one of those books where. It's just a nice, fun thing to read. It's just like, if you can turn your, if you can not focus on some of the little, uh, nitty gritty stuff, um, it's something that you can just like, uh, sit back, easily flip through the pages. It's very easy read. Um, aside from the end when you said there's like a million speech bubbles. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, but like, like I, I reread it at a time when I was reading like a lot more like intense, serious, uh, graphic novels, right? Like, I like, I went through, um, like the swamp thing and like Lucifer and stuff like that. Really long term storytelling with some like twists and turns and some dark elements to it. Whereas this, like, despite it being a Batman one, with Batman, you're not usually, uh, associating it with lightheartedness. This one has that sort of, uh, it feels almost optimistic at times. Even though yeah. there's bad stuff happening to him, it's almost uh it's it's one of the happiest Batman stories I can think of. Yep, I would agree with that. It definitely, uh, like you said, it's kind of like a uh, a love letter to Batman. So I yeah, but I don't know. I won't be going back again. <laughs> I'm not gonna go back for a long time. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just, no, no. I sure. I went I went through it. I'm good. I, I, I can maybe I'll in a couple of years or something, but for now, that's all I need. So there is our summary of Batman Hush. Uh, a long time coming. <laughs> long we did time it. Ago. We did. We, we did it. We did it. Um. Well, I guess what's next for us, Seth? I I I don't know. I <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we've. I I don't know. Well, I guess we're going back to X Men. We're gonna have to go back to X Men. Um, we're we're me and Seth are talking about the idea of watching uh, the Sandman series when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yep. And uh, and I'm sure which I be have a, not read. And I you love. just finished reading it, like the whole run. You said you went through the whole run again. I I haven't gone through the whole run again. I've got I went through the whole run about a year ago and mm-hmm. love and and loved it. Right, is one, one, probably one of my more, uh, more favorite things I've read. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested in uh, watching it with someone who hasn't read the books and seeing whether or not 
we noticed like because the thing is I, I watched like the trailer even like the trailer i watched and there's a few things i'm like oh that's a choice <laughs> so, so so i'm interested to see whether or not that will get in the way of me enjoying it or whether i will enjoy it more we'll we'll need to uh, give a think on what's coming up next. If next week we're going to jump right back into X-Men or if we're going to do something else. Uh, so pay attention to uh, the Facebook page uh, at Repeatable Pod, just on Facebook there, and we'll announce what the next thing is that's coming up. I'm also in the middle of a move or coming up on a move, so and and life is just always hectic for us in general. So if things... Uh, uh, stumble a bit here and there over the next few weeks. Uh, just pay attention to that Facebook page. We'll be updating it and we'll get back to a regular schedule. I don't, I'm not planning on there being any, any other, uh, breaks, but we'll, we'll have to just see what comes up. Yeah, we'll figure it out and announce it. And if you have any questions or comments, you can, uh, drop us a line at, at, or at repeatablepod at gmail.com. It's been a while since I said the email. Repeatablepod at gmail.com. And, uh, if, you know, we'll, we'll read it, read out your question if you want to, or if, if not, we'll just, uh, discuss. We'll do the, uh, uh, repeatable summer edition where we look at Greece. <laughs> <laughs> summer loving. Uh, there's, there, I'm sure it's aged perfectly fine. Uh, I'm I'm sure I have the same opinion of it the last time I saw it, which is just get me through this, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I don't know the last time I actually watched Grease. But, uh, part, part of me would, I, you know what, we're joking around, but part of me would love to have you and me sit down and critically go through <laughs> go, go through the Grease film and be like, okay, uh, so this happened here, and then we're... Uh, all right, well, we'll figure something out.